it varies from club to club. Clubs like Chelsea, okay, they have a, what I call it, a heritage, but a heritage of winning. Chelsea, Chelsea win, no matter what happens. No matter who the manager is, you're expected to win. At Arsenal, uh, maybe you win, maybe you don't. At my United, anything flies at my United. So, but at certain clubs, at the elite clubs, you are required to win, no matter who you are. If 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 Ten Hag was the manager of Real Madrid or Barcelona, you'll be required to win. Hello guys, welcome to the latest episode of the 90 Plus 5 podcast. With me here is uh, my co-host Mikus. Hey guys, welcome back. Yeah, and we have two very special guests on the podcast this uh, episode. So you can call this a Christmas special edition. Alright, we have Ugo Sinobi. Ugo Usinobi, I think you correct me. And we also have um, Samuel on the podcast as well. Welcome, guys. All right, all right, guys. So, so the major, the main topic for today um, is how should the manager be judged? How should the manager be judged? Because over the past couple of weeks, um, over the past couple of months as well, we've seen. So many managers be on been under fire in the top teams. We've seen managers like um, Eric Ten Hag. We've seen managers like managers like Pochettino, Xavi. Even recently, some people even saying Pep. They've been under the um, radar by both fans, the um, management, and all whatnot. But we, we we we've asked ourselves that. See. Everybody is saying what they are saying. But really, if every team is claiming that they are building a project, they are working on a project that is going to stand the test of time, this, that, the world project has been thrown out like lately. So what exactly can we say is the right metrics to judge a manager? So that's what we are going to talk about today. I'll leave the um, guests to talk about it and make us as well. I think let's start. Um, by just formal introduction, I just need to. Uh, we need to know which team you support. This, so our guests that are coming on to the podcast, we need the listeners need to know which team you support. And I also I want to ask my first question: Which manager do you consider to be the greatest of all time? I think let me start from you, um, Ugo. Uh, okay. Um, once again, good evening, everybody. Um, my name is Ugo Chuku. Um, I support I support the greatest team of all time. Let's be honest, Football Club Barcelona. So, um, and to your to your question, who's the greatest? Uh, who's the greatest manager of all time? Well, um, some people say some some people say Sir Alex. Some people I can only judge based on um, managers I've, I've had the pleasure of watching um, in my lifetime and throughout the time I've been watching football. So if I had to pick, I would I would say Pep. Pep. I would say Pep. Because I okay. I grew up watching Pep. Um, I grew up watching him and he's still doing the All things right. he was doing. All right. um, Samuel, um, how about you? Up Pep. Pep. Good evening, guys. Um, okay. My name is Sam. My name is Sam, and I'm a Manchester United supporter. Supports Manchester United, and yeah. To your question, the greatest manager who I would consider the greatest manager, I would say, I would say Sir Alex Ferguson. Sir Alex Ferguson, yes, for me, is the greatest manager of all time. Thank you. So that's simple. Yeah. Um. So. Um, so you have heard Ugochuku, just recap Ugochuku, the Baka fan, Sam, Man United fan. And um, for Ugochuku, Pep is the good manager, while for Sam, Alex Ferguson is the good manager. Now, without further ado, I think looking at this season in general, um, most especially for Man United, 
for Man United. You can see that it has not been smooth sailing. We have had um, the highs, we've had the lows for that club. So let me start with you, Sam, before we go to football. I think, how will you assess Man United season? Um, or how will you assess everything has so far? Has it done a good job? Has it done a bad job? How will you assess it? All right, thank you. Um, okay, your question is in two parts. I think you the first one was how would I assess him this season or yeah, overall? Just, are you asking? I, I think let's go this season and overall since it's just this is the second year, so you can just go this season and overall. All right, I would say this season, I no coming on the back of winning a trophy and the way we ended last season, struggling to to enter top four last season, and we actually did it. I was expecting um, the team to build on from from last season, you know, with a couple of players being added to the team and all of that. So I really was, I wasn't, I I didn't go into this season thinking we would go on and win trophies and all of that, no. But I was expecting us to at least, you know, build up from from um, last season, put out a couple of good performances and all of that. But I would just say, so far, the season has been so disappointing. I don't want to make excuses for the players, the manager, or whatever, but I would say so far, my own assessment of the season has been disappointing. That's the word. Very disappointing. Imagine being in a group stage in Champions League with um, Copenhagen, Galatasaray, and being the last of the group. Yeah. It is very disappointing. Very, very disappointing. But I would say overall, the last time at Manchester United has been they just say roller coaster, yeah. That's the word. It has been a roller coaster. Today you, you are, you are, you are good. Two or three games, you are happy with it, and you know you could go the next five games very, 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 very stressed out. You don't even know the games you are going to win anymore. You just go into them thinking, you know, the the old thing is um before all these losses hurt, but now they don't even hurt anymore. You just yeah. Just like you are prepared for them, you just see them and it happens. So I would just say they're not so far in the last two seasons. Now so far, let me just say so far now has been a roller coasters of a roller coaster of emotions for me. I don't know. I don't know whether to say I'm happy or to say I'm sad. Just there. Just there. Yeah, just coping. <laughs> I think that's yeah, coping. That's the word. Uh, quick one. If over ten, can you give him a grade? Like ten being the best, one being um worst. Can you give me a grade about ten? Okay, okay. You know, um, being a manager at Manchester United, it comes with a whole lot of responsibility. So, I like I said, I'm not making an excuse for him or anybody. Yeah. But I think he has he has done a good job trying to you know filter a whole lot of things, go through a lot of things. So, based on last season, you know, you had, you can't take that away from the CV. True. And but. So I would say I say a solid seven for me, solid seven over ten. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, Ugochuk, over to you. I think similar question, but I'll hold it like this because obviously, um, you're a Baka fan, and Xavi did an amazing job in my own eyes. Though, of course, winning the league. So, how will you rate his time so far? Because this season now, I think this season it paid the service because a lot of ups and downs. But so far, how will you rate Xavi's? Um, okay. Um, well, if I'm going to read, if I'm going to read Shabby overall, that's his the whole time he spent at the club. I would, I would actually, honestly, honestly, truth, that I would give Shabby a solid, a solid eight, eight point five over ten. I say this because. I mean, he inherited a team that was that was in ninth when he first came because there was a burgeoning period of six months he had. So he inherited a team that was in ninth. He took them to second. So we finished in the top four. And then his first full season, which was last season, he won the league and he won. And he won the Spanish Super Cup. Um, he transformed the team. Yeah. He gave us, gave us one of the most impenetrable defenses in in. In Europe, in all honesty, and 
now this season it's it's there's been a bit of a transition i mean the team was always in transition let's be fair but yeah. this season um, they lost Jordi Alba they lost Sergio Busquets in my opinion i i think i think they underestimated how much how much they would miss Busquets hmm. and i think I, th- I think they've they've not come to terms with that because um they've been trying to adjust and create adjustments on that on that front but the team is conceding more goals now and they are missing they are missing <laughs> basically every chance that they create so yeah you know he's ha- he's going to have to balance that and but overall overall if I was great everything uh, I'll give him a solid 8.5 8.5 solid nice. I, I think that is a fair assessment because oftentimes yeah um coolies or honest coolies like to call them on the timeline and you hear was like okay well this guy needs to be the fraud but I mean I mean, I think at times we underestimate the fact that a manager can only plan for a game. On the game, on the pitch, there's nothing you can do to affect. We just saw, I think, yeah. if, we just saw Baka versus Al Maria. And I mean, if, if listeners, if you have not watched that game, just go and watch the highlight. You will see a lot of comedic misses by Lewandowski and the like. So, all those things now are being put on, on the manager's feet as, okay, he needs to go. And I think that's wrong. And I think that's wrong. It's 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 not his fault. The coach, the, uh, there's a famous saying that Thierry Henry made a, made a comment some years ago on, on Monday Night Football that during his time with Pep, what Pep what Pep tells them is, it's his job to coach them up to the midfield. So what he does is he he will tell them exactly what to do up to the midfield. So when he gets to the final third, it's up to them. So he's trusting he's trusting you guys to finish everything that he has started. I, I see the same thing with Xavi. Yeah. The exact same thing. So he has entrusted everything to them. When it comes to the final third, guys, dispatch his chances. And if if you've been following back Barca games, you will see that. Come on, see what everybody so what's Lewandowski doing? What is <laughs> I just I just so it's people people ultimately ultimately in the game of football, ultimately, the manager is going to get most of it, whether we like it or not. Whether he's at fault or he's not at fault. Yeah. The manager is going to get he's going to get me um, you know more of, of the blame and more of more of the stake and everything like that. But as football fans we should also try to be rational and understand. I mean we are we, we are seeing this in the eyes. We are watching the game. We can see what's happening. Yeah. So but it is what it is. It is what it is. True. That that's 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 what and I think that that takes me to my next point. And I think I'll go back to Sam on this. Now we have we have heard um we talked about Enfera making it to the top four last season, which is perfect. Amazing job, amazing job. Now, the problem with um this is that you have set a bar for yourself. And I think ultimately this is how we should judge managers. This is just my opinion. I would like to hear from you guys in a moment, but once you have come to a club and you have set a certain standard, automatically I go to be judged by that standard. I know at times you see people try to judge Eric Tehang with Silas Ferguson, which is crazy for me. You see people try to judge Xavi with Pep. That is crazy for me. And so I think Sam, um, judging um, Eric Tehang with Eric Tehang, you think that there are things he should have done differently this season. Like, let me rephrase that. So you have last season, there were playing somewhat good football. Um, they finished fourth. Of course, the season is not over. But is there some things that he has retracted from that is causing this team to be imbalanced? That's, that's just basically my question. What can he do to get the team back to last season? All right. Thank you. Um, uh, I don't know, but I not like I don't get a question. I just feel going into this might Okay, fine. Let's just let's just go into it because no Manchester United is is a whole lot of trouble on its own. Like so many things that happening to Manchester United as a whole. Like okay, fine. Let me just let me just say some things now. No, no, no. Like, express yourself. Me, express yourself. Don't worry. All right. Last season when when Eric came in, he he you know the approach he came in was okay. We are trying to clear from the back. Then he, he brought in Lisandro Martinez, who is an amazing ball carrier from the back, obviously. Then 
he got Casemiro instead of Frankie de Jong, which worked for for the time being. And um, he worked last season with the old, and basically we more or less played counter football last season and um, a whole lot of pressing. So and you you notice that last season we only had more one let me just say just one major athlete for goals and that was Rashford. Rashford alone was involved in like 40 goals or so last season. I'm not really good with stats, but I think he was involved in 40 goals or so last season. So he was basically the only person that was scoring the team. Talking about um, the likes of Anthony, um, Bruno, they were all just there. But basically, the old, the old job of scoring was on Rashford last season. And I think that one alone kind of... Um, carried Eric in a long way and um, he kind of um, shadowed some of the other problems in the team and although although some of the other players stepped up the likes of Shaw with assist Bruno um, Lissandro Martinez was solid him and um, Varane and then you know we had this issue with um, the year too uh, you know, against Sevilla, he committed to play blunders and yeah. Holland. That season was just funny, and we tried ending it in in the uh, on a high note, which we did. You know, finishing top four and all of that. Now, come back to this season, he decided, okay, the, the club and him decided DG should go. We got Onana, a ball playing goalkeeper, obviously. You got a striker, oil on. I don't think we've think I don't think since um since since Lukaku, I don't think we've had a young striker Manchester United since Lukaku. You consider that's really really crazy. Last yeah. last striker we had last striker we had was I think thirty or thirty two year old Cavani, and you know that's very crazy with a club like Manchester United to not have a striker. You can imagine that. So oil on coming in and. You know, I think uh, then okay, fine. Let's just talk about signings. Go Mount, go Onana, go Amrabat on loan, Reguilon on loan, go um um. I think I think that's just about it. And these players came in. Now I think um he said something in preseason. He did not want to play the old press, uh, pressing game with um, counter-attack. Now, he said he wants Manchester United to be the best transition team in the world. He said that. And I think the old shift from what the team is used to and shifting them completely from that to transition football now is where the problem is. And we saw preseason games when they were trying to implement the old transition football. We saw us making making um, unnecessary mistakes. Yeah. And we were consi- we were considering even from preseason, we were considering a lot. Most of the goals we considered in preseason games, like six or eight preseason games that we had, most of the goals we considered were were from our own mistakes, like simple passes, like giving opponent passes and in very dangerous positions, dangerous areas. And if you look at what our problem is this season, so it's basically the same thing. Giving away passes, not being able to string up five passes as much, like things like that. And yeah. I think it's a shift in culture, one, and um, injuries to the main men in the team. Like, you know, the only ball-carrying ball defender that we have is Lissandro Martinez. He's been nursing a foot injury since yeah. since, since day. He came back. I, I still feel we rushed him. Came back and you know played a couple of games into the season, and he had to go back for surgery. That one is a big problem. Maguire had to step up, and the other guys. And I think Rashford being out of form too. If I'm bad, that is really disturbing. How could you go from from 40, 40 goals um, and assists in former season and come back to not doing anything? That is a problem. And I, I and without Rashford, I don't think anybody else can play with Oiland up front. And I know this season we've been so 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 bad with injuries that I've seen Bruno, our most creative player, our most important player this season. Bruno has played as a RCB in some games. He has played as a CDM. He has played as a CM. 
He has played as a right back. He has played. I'm not even joking right now. He has played as a ten. He has played all the all the forward positions this season. He's our most creative player. Imagine your creative player doing all of that just because just because he can do it because he doesn't complain. How do we score the weekly chances if we keep putting our best player in so many many positions? So uh, and, so uh, summer. I would, yeah. I would love to I would love to ask you one question before I um Miku takes over. How long do you think we should give Eric the hug in Manchester United before he gets uh the sack? How long? Okay, I, I still think, think minutes. Yeah. Uh, I still think Eric the Hag should be allowed to finish the season. I still think he should be allowed to finish the season, at least. Yeah. Let him finish what he has started. Let it because I only got only got three years. Mario got three years. So let him to get this is second here. Let him let him do what he wants to do in the next few months. And if the team is not getting better, honestly, I'm getting tired though. I'm not I'm not yet Eric Eric out, but if results persist and and that guy too is just fucking stubborn. You see things that work for you. No, it works for you this this match. The next match, it goes, it goes on and do something different, something entirely different. And you wonder, like, how do you, how do you go from being good now to just being bad? And I don't know, I don't know how you I can just be stubborn enough to want to lose your job. That is the way I see it. Why not stick well, to it? Well, well, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll come back. We'll come back to Samuel. Uh, Mikus. Yeah. Um. So over to Ugo, I think you already mentioned something like this. Um, you said something in the lines of attackers missing chances are hurting Faka. But I think let's not bring in players right now because the whole topic is about manager. Ugo, to you, what do you think Xavi himself can do to improve? Because we saw what he did last season. Cannot be a fluke. Cannot be a fluke. So what do you think he can do to improve this team before January? Ultimately, um, I would like to start from the point of view of expectations at clubs. So, so first of all, expectations are different at different clubs. That's one thing I, I think we all have to understand. So, um, what what the president expects from managers at clubs like you know, top clubs, Real Madrid, Barcelona, it's different from. Clubs like my United, I'm not. I'm not shooting anybody. I'm not. I'm not attacking anybody. I'm just saying it as it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At my United, at Chelsea, all these other clubs, it's different. The culture is different. So, what do you expect from your managers at, at these other clubs, these top clubs, um, is different. And so that forms the bedrock of everything that goes on. Another thing that matters is how much does the manager have at his disposal. Xavi, Xavi, Xavi does not have hundred million to to splash on on a an English striker masquerading as a midfielder. He doesn't have that kind of luxury. He doesn't have it. Xavi spent three point five million euros in the summer transfer window. Hear me again: three point five million euros in the summer transfer window. That's crazy. That that is so, mind blowing. So ultimate. Automatically, he, I mean, he's handicapped. Can, can you? 3.5 million. Really? So you see, first of all, he's handicapped in that situation. First of all, he's limited. I mean, we, we can't even register. We couldn't register with Kloroki, okay, up until Gabby got injured, obviously. So you see, he's, he's already handicapped in that sense. And then, um, he has the other issues. You lost Sergio Busquets. You did. You couldn't replace him. Whether you like Kate or Mister Nelson, Busquets is a is a very important piece. Yeah. Xavi is a midfielder. So I'm sure he understands the importance of having of having that particular player. You lost Sergio Busquets. You couldn't replace him. Your bench players are 17 and 16 year olds from the academy. Your starting players are the wrong side of 30. Your midfielders are always injured. This one, that one. So he's ultimately he has to do the job, whether he likes it or not. He has to do the job. It's the job, and he knew this when he signed up for it. So what can he do better? I think personally, I think 
first of all, he needs to show up his defense because that was one of the things that really, really stood up for, for stood out for us last season. Those one nil, okay, they called it a ramble. What I don't, <laughs> I, I, I didn't mind, I did not mind. But he needs to first of all that log log the, the leaks in defense and everything. But what am I even saying? The second is not even is not even available. The second is injured. But first of all, plug the leaks in midfield, plug the leaks in defense. And for God's sake, speak to your attackers. I I I don't know. I I don't know. Just, just speak to your attackers because literally every one of them. We create enough chances every game to win 4-0 every single game. I mean, we have the best XG in Europe for crying out loud. And we've missed we've missed the most big chances. So we have everything it takes to be winning games by huge margins every single game. But for some reason we are not. And that is down to that's not down to Shaq. That is down to the players that die in his line, in his forward line. So he should do something about that. Ultimately he's his neck that's going to be on line. So he should fix 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 that yeah yeah thank you very much Hugo Senovi uh let me hear from the Gunners point of view we've heard from Barcelona we've heard from us from Manchester United uh Oraru I think first off how do you rate your manager's performance right now and is there anything you think he can do better? I know currently you guys are lonely at the top, uh, but yeah. All right, go ahead. All right, and uh, good evening, everyone. Yeah, good evening. Yeah, so well, this season the uh, we'll be doing okay. Like I was expecting that maybe this season will be won't be as as good as last season like last season there's way we played like most of our games we're not waiting for like 90 minutes it's something before we get the game and uh, cover like win the match and you get that but this season there are a lot of last minute wins but the main thing is that we're getting the job done we're winning the games that's the main thing so it's still uh, a good sign even though okay other teams now are catching up Liverpool, they are better this season than last season. Man City, we all know that they will still enter that around. KDB is back now, and all you know. But well, up to now, it's, it's been great. Just a, just a quick one. What? How did you feel when? Uh, I know you saw this Morio's um, uh, interview when he asked. They asked him about his predictions for the Premier League title. He said fifty-one percent Man City, Liverpool forty-nine percent. That he doesn't. Man, Arsenal, they don't stand a chance. How did you feel when you heard that? <laughs> See, see, normally I like Mourinho, but I hate him because bro, that guy hates Arsenal. When when, <laughs> when when he was in the Premier League, he always he always rips this guy, uh, Asuringa, uh, specialist of failure. Everybody everybody knows that that uh, that interview now, specialist of failure. Or uh, the guy doesn't like us normally. So even if he feels that we have a chance, even if we say we have a chance, that's just yeah, I was angry. But I was like, I think. Yeah, I should get that oh, all right, all right. I, I want us moving to um, the second part of the podcast right now, and uh, let's actually dive into this manager's whole thing. Um, yeah, I know we have limited time, but I, I really want to know um, what exactly can we use to judge a manager? Yes, I know everybody will come here and say performance trophies but we've seen some managers whereby they are experts in player development you can see play- managers like um graham potter um one could say mauricio pochettino um yes mario in a way in the but he has trophies and all but you can see some managers i might not be mentioning some managers right now but there are some managers that they are very good in player development some managers like pep um uh, I'm, I'm what do you call Hansi Flick and all. They are trophy specialists. Wherever they go, they win trophies. They just get things done and they, they achieve big and all. And there are also so many things in between the line, between trophies and player development that these managers do very well. But what exactly can we look at and say, yes, this is a very good manager? Because 
this has really really caught a lot of attention uh <laughs> on twitter and everywhere on social media i think make us make us go first on this go first on this because i know i want to use arsenal as a case study and that's one of the reasons why we brought oraro on this board i think that took over in 2019 but not until 2022 did they start getting the performance in between those three years were periods of trials, periods of disbeliefs, periods of like just they were being beaten and battered. But the, the team had faith. They were seeing those 1% improvement day by day. And finally, they are not winning trophies, but we can also say Ateta is a good manager. Yes, yeah, so what are, what have we seen in him? <laughs> that we can say he's a good manager. Yeah, I think Mekus, just go on, go on, please. Okay, so I'll keep. Let's make it quick. I'll keep this short. Um, how do we judge a manager? Um, at the end of the day, like we say in Nigeria, if there's no evidence, you are just explaining. Ah, watch was a good manager. I suppose so he did this, he did that. Where is his trophy? Nowhere. So I think the first metric we can use is trophies. Time spent, so you cannot be winning one trophy in twenty years and expect us to clap for you. Or that that's not possible. So trophies balance with time spent, just the way we say goal ratio and stuff like that. So um, trophies, time spent, and also changes made to that club. You make changes in terms of player development. Um, do you did you improve the squad? Did you improve players? I think. All those things are balanced. At the end of the day, this is like this is something we do subconsciously. So there's no like metric. I cannot say okay, well, this is a page skill to put and say okay, well, you can use and view each manager under this desk. But I think that if the managers, if a manager is winning trophies for you and also improving the squad, um, I think he's a good manager. And I'll just leave it for there. I don't want to give examples. Yeah. So, uh, before before we go to the next uh, yeah before we go to the next um, g- um guest to speak on this part uh, i would like to say yes you said improve the team and also i think another thing is another thing you can use to judge a good manager is a good manager makes the fan base happy just even if a good example me i'm going to name example is club when club came to uh, liverpool the, before club club came into the team, we could see fans were bringing, we were having this kind of apathy tr- towards the club. We did not really want to watch games. We were not really interested in things happening. But when club came into the system, that's when you could see the togetherness. Anfield became a fortress when it came. Though Anfield was a fortress in the past or in the 90s and all, but when it came in, Anfield became a fortress and you could see things like, like okay, Liverpool will lose a way or will win at home. So we the fans were kind of like enjoy, enjoying the game better and all. Yeah. All right. All right. Um Ugo. Yeah. On to you. What do you think um are the right metrics to judge the manager? Um you've heard what uh Meku said. You you guys both support Barcelona, but from your own point of view, what do you think? Uh this will bring me back to my earlier point expectations at clubs vary expectations oh. at, at clubs are not the same and i'll be dropping names so at manchester united what what goes at my united does not go at barcelona what goes at arsenal does not go at barcelona so for example Aleta joined arsenal in what was it 20, 2019 if, for example, Ateta had not joined Arsenal and he had joined Barcelona instead, Ateta would be required to win, at the very least, two trophies every season. Compete for the league title, no excuses, no, you don't you don't have any explanation to give. So, but for the fact that he joined Arsenal, and of course, judging where they were at the time, um, there's probably a bedding in period. So, is it the... the the mandate that the owners would have given him would be, okay, within this particular time frame, achieve this. Within this particular time frame, achieve this. But it varies from club to club. 
clubs like Chelsea, okay, they have a what I call it a heritage, but uh, a heritage of winning. Chelsea, Chelsea win no matter what happens, no matter who the manager is. You expected to win at Arsenal. Uh, maybe you win, maybe you don't. At Man United, anything flies at Man United. So, but at certain clubs, at the elite clubs, you are required to win, no matter who you are. If 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 Ten Hag was the manager of Real Madrid or Barcelona, you'll be required to win. No excuses. No, how do you how do you want to win? The, Perez doesn't care how you win. Laporta doesn't care how you win. Win. Win, 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 and you know you also have to take into account the context. So, for example, Xavi, the team Xavi inherited was a team in transition, was an old team. So he was tasked with transitioning a team from that old, the old guard of players, into a new phase. So things at Barcelona are not as you know as as fluid as they they once were. You have to consider so many things, but even at that. He is still expected to win because of the the culture and history of the club. So ultimately, it's it's a function of the expectations that the owners, or in our case, the president, has set for you. What okay. has he told you to do? You have to work by that. But win ultimately, win. It's clubs are different ultimately. Okay, so I noticed that for this year, you you used Barcelona as a case study. But I'm just trying to ask in general. How do you judge a manager's performance? Not necessarily a Barcelona's manager, but in general. A manager. A manager, yeah. for, you have to look out for. There are some things you have to look out for. So he's, mm. he's, you have to see his blueprint on the team. If a mm. manager has a style, if he has a style of play, within a particular period of time, you should actually begin to see, you should begin to see his ideologies and his philosophies showing on the pitch you begin to see it especially if he's had a bit of time to bed in with the team so typically a preseason period that you know they always have with the with it's different from when the manager comes in mid-season now that that's a bit tricky you know but ultimately you see you begin to see patterns on the pitch you begin to see the manager's ideas you know and also see that if i start that there are a lot of things that are going to this there are a lot of things there are a lot of things so when a manager comes in for example typically they like to they like to have their own players so some managers come into teams and okay he comes in and he doesn't like this player he doesn't like this player he doesn't think, think this player fits his his ideas and things he wants to implement you know and he now wants new players which requires money so see the factors are there are so many things you can talk about, but ultimately you want to see um you want to see a pattern of play, you want to see a style, basically. You want to see that first of all, something that says, okay, this guy knows what he's doing and he's he's the guy to lead us in this particular direction. So let me just let me just leave that back. All right, all right. Um let's move on to Oraru. Oraru, um I've heaped praises on your manager this in his podcast but I want to hear from you not only Arsenal what do you think are the right metrics or is the right way to look at a manager's performance uh, alright apart from the obvious reason results and the other factors like um, let's say style of play for example let's say Man City for example you know based on possession play so if they want to change Pep let's say Pep wants to leave now and someone else is coming. They will have to bring a coach that is based on possession play. And if he comes to the team, they expect him to go by that. Even if, let's say, results are not going his way, playing that possession football. You know, some coaches they change stuff based on um, results, outcome of games and stuff. Him say because of the possession play now, he will now want to uh, go with another approach. Let's say a kind of. Um, counter-attacking football, you get a counter-attacking football. But if the team is not, like, based on... Let's use Arsenal, Man City, for example. You know, for years now, Barcelona, teams like that, they have been based on a um, possession play. So if another coach comes comes in now and is using another style, which traditionally is not what the team uses, they don't really like it. Maybe the results might be going their way or bad. As I said, um what the team is used. It's not like it's not about their culture. Yeah, exactly. Their culture. It's not about their culture. culture. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it. 
So if a coach comes and he's playing like that, let's say initially the results is not coming, but he's playing like that, they can still give him time. Let's say, let's use um, Ateta, for example. At first, his first three seasons, it wasn't really working out. But the possession play was there. We could see it wasn't really perfect yeah, with some of the players I had. So they still gave him time. They gave him a lot of time. Like many coaches, they want to have that time. But they saw uh, something in him. So that's why they kept on believing in him up to now. And right now, it's really working. Then also, again, and how you manage your player, like man management of your players. Let's say, yeah. for example, your players, they are disciplined sport. Always getting cards, red cards, and clumsy. You know, there are some sending off that is not even based on tackle. It's just based on behavior to players or misconduct. Or the referees. Exactly, yeah. So if a coach comes into the team, he changes that. That is, um, that is really a factor. A factor for the coach. It's really changing something. Change something that, is, that they don't want to club already. Let's use, for example, let me use that setup, for example, last season. Arsenal didn't have any red card last season. But normally, from, I see, from that 2019, when um, Emery left, when we parted with Emery, we still have a lot of red cards, like a lot of red cards. Chaka, for example. Chaka, you have to have just at least two to three red card per season. Like, the discipline was just so poor. But with time, the team reduced. Last season, we didn't have a single red card. Now. So that is him changing something in the club, a bad or a negative um, thing in the club. That's really a factor. All right. So, All right. That is just All right. Thank you, Araru. Um, Samuel, what do you think um, are the right metrics to judge a manager? What do you want to see from a manager to... to say this guy is doing something this guy knows the job right, not um, United manager but any manager all right um, well, i just want to know that this there's no way i talk or we talk about these things are not referred to our club managers too but i'll try not to i'll try not to dwell on it okay, i just want no. to say um i just want to say i feel ugo i i i feel ugo he more or less said most of the things i wanted to say you know it varies from club to club, but now we want to talk about managers in general. I would just say, um, as a manager, your tactical knowledge should be there. Like you should, you should have like the other two guys have said, you should have your own style of play, and then you should have backup style of plays too. Not just one. Don't be rigid. Not just one. You can, you can, um, you can be a possession based manager now and. You want to go and play the likes of Crystal Palace, Wolverhampton, and these teams, they don't care if you possess them 120 minutes. They don't care. Yeah. These teams will sit back, possess, yes, you want to possess, no problem. But what matters, Mario said something when he was at Tottenham, when he beat, I think, was it Man City beat 1-0 or something? And the possession on, for the other team was so crazy. What the man said, you know, Mario with his savage responses, he said, was they can keep the possession. I will keep, we will keep the three points. And that's facts. You can possess, you can do whatever you want. But what matters most at the end of the day is you winning the game. So I if if your if your immediate style of play is not working, try. Find something else to do. That's where adaptability comes in. You have to adapt to your opponent's um style. If um I think Man United had the game this season and the first half was we kind of I forgot I've forgotten the team we played against, but the first half we kind of yeah it was Brighton yes I remember very well so it was Brighton we played Brighton first twenty minutes we were on top of our game we were, sorry sorry I'm referring to Manchester United now so so, so, we so were, please go ahead go ahead go ahead we were, we were, first twenty minutes we were in, we were in charge of that game because I watched the game we were in charge of the game we were doing all sorts in fact first twenty minutes should have been one zero to zero up. And then after 20, 21 minutes, the thing changed. And Brighton had control of the game from the 28th minute to the last FC, the final whistle. And when they asked um, the Zabi later during post-match conference, that what changed? He said he just had to tweak a little some things in his in his um, stuff and just had to tell his players some other things. And, you know, it worked. 
that is that is how you adapt to your opponent's um style okay perhaps he came with a very different um tactics and he saw okay it's not working then let's change it i'm not saying it's better than tenag i'm not saying tenag is better than him but at least you know these these are the little things that help but there my manager just sat there rubbing his bad head i don't know was just there for 80 70 minutes and it was getting bossed by Dizabi that's what i call adaptability you you know you just have to adapt sometimes things you may plan one thing and another another thing comes up you just have to find a way you don't plan for red cards and games and you know you don't think gets the red card then you just have to as a manager you have to try and contain it you don't plan on going behind in the first 5 minutes of a game and before you know it you're 1-0 down Manchester United this is the first game we had with Nottingham Forest. First first four minutes we were already 2-0 down. 2-0. Can you imagine that? So, it's at, at the end of the day we ended up winning the game 3-2. But then, you know, this this are those things that you that you can use as a metric for a manager if he's good or not. And then um someone men- mentioned man management. Yes, I agree. You would, I don't know, maybe I was I'm the only one that sees it this way, but um And last season I would have said Arsenal would have won the Premier League if Arteta had managed his players better than than he did then because I feel he overused the likes of Saka and Odegaard like he overused them a whole lot and he got to a stage that Saka had an injury I think Odegaard was off form and I think the two players were off form and I don't know was it injury or form issue I think it was a bit of both at the time they needed them the most when the season was get well, like when we were getting to, to the end of the season and that was the time they needed them the most that was when they started winning you know mean winning games and before you know it they just lose concentration and they either lose or they draw they drew they, they dropped point for like three games in the round you know you don't do that when matches your whole team at your neck you don't do that so i felt then i felt um ateta did not manage his men very well And then another thing I'll say is game management. Oh. Sorry, let me just mm. say this last one. That one is game management. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. last season, yeah, last ahead. game, Manchester United at is it, was it at Old Trafford or at Tottenham Hotspur? We were already beating Tottenham 2-0 first half. And you know, I I I watched the game first half. I said we have won this one. Then I went to bed. Waking up mm. the next morning, I saw, I saw two two. Like how? Uh-uh. How? how how are you to zero up in the first half like confidently you were bossing the game and you know what changed okay fine two one what happens to your man your game management manage your game well change players i don't know give them different instruction and all of that so you don't go from you don't as a good manager you don't go from winning to zero and then losing the game or probably drawing it it's 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 something it's especially if you are playing against a team that is not even as good as you are so i think this these are just the things that i want to talk about i just want to say thank you i think some you've done justice to this particular topic like you broke down everything one after the other and i really really appreciate thank you very much um i had one question i wanted to ask but ugo kind of um touched upon it when he was um answering his questions but just one final question before we close i have had this um question this it's has been kind of like an argument with me and my guys but let's say let me throw it out here to you if you have a different point of view all right being an international team manager and the club's head manager which one is more difficult i think this is just the one line answer Let me start from you Mikus. Um okay, okay. Difficult. I think Yeah, uh, yeah I I heard the question. It is uh, more difficult that would be club manager because you are dealing with players on a daily basis. I think club manager. Um uh, All to. right. All right. Um Oraru, what do you think? I think uh, club manager club manager Wow, um, go. It's 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 a no-brainer. Being a club manager, manager is not difficult. No-brainer. All right, Samuel. 
Def, def, definitely the club manager. It's, wow. You know, <laughs> this was not even an argument. Yeah. Some people might raise the point that the international manager sees his player once in, in the blue moon, does not have enough time. So he has to be a more strategic thinker. And he has to be a good, uh, he has to be a master planner in order for him to win big games. All right. Um, so it's nice having you, all of you on this podcast. Please. We really, really appreciate you taking time out from your busy schedules to come on. Uh, Mikus, take over. Yeah, Um. so before we go, I, I just want to make a closing statement. And I think this, uh, this affects all types of life for I think in football in general, um, there's always um, a seven years of plenty. Let me use the word. There's always an enjoyment period, and there's always a suffering period. Let me use that word. We're all here of the uh, new manager bounce. I think just as we're recording, um, Shabi Alonso and Bayern Leverkusen have won again 4-0. This is taking their tally to 25 games on unbeaten. Trust me, every manager will have this period in his life. I think judging a manager on that seven years of plenty, quote unquote, on the enjoyment period is, is not appropriate. And then at the end of the day, you have to have like a more wider approach. So at the end of the day, you have to take a longer view of, okay, two seasons, three seasons, four seasons before we can begin to make statements like, okay, he's a good manager, he's a bad manager. But that's just my own. Listeners can come to that judgment. You can always follow the conversation on the 90 plus 5 podcast on Instagram, 90 plus 5 FC on Twitter. And we're also on TikTok. <laughs> yes, we're on TikTok, 90 plus 5 podcast. Use the hashtag on Twitter, 90 plus 5 podcast, and we'll be sure to reply. Um, but before we go, um, Ugochuku, Sam Oraro, Oksatu Ugochuku, where can the listeners find you if they want to interact? Uh, you, can, you can link up with me on X um, at Ugo Osinobi UGO and Osinobi O-S-I-N-O-B-I or on Instagram the same the same um, same handle yeah amazing um, Oraru where can listeners link up with you uh, Instagram Oru underscore on the X Oraru 6 Oraru 6 yeah, and some um, where can listeners link up? Um, you guys can find me on X or Twitter at UTD PSALM United Sam. United Sam. I'm not on IG, I'm not on IG, I'm just only on X. Thank you. Yeah, amazing. Any United Sam you see on IG is fake. <laughs> yeah, one and only. So, yeah, the links will be in the description on your various podcast platforms. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, the listeners, for taking time out of a busy schedule to listen to this podcast. Have a wonderful day ahead. Um, goodbye.